Summit Church. Let's sing together. Happy New Year. Turn to your neighbor and say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Here we go.
Can somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning? Amen. some of us aren't you thankful God makes all things new sing all throughout all throughout my history your faithfulness has walked beside me the winter storms have made way for spring in every season from where I'm standing I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life all over my life I see your promise I see your promises and fulfillment all over
a thousand generations your family and your children their children their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children come on no matter how old or young you are claim this for your family and your future family Come on, somebody in this place, come on. this morning. If you don't sing this over your family, nobody else will. 
you sing it and you claim it for your family as they continue to just sing that all men out. Come on, we're declaring, let it be. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I claim victory in this new year. I claim restoration. We've already seen what happens when you restore things that have been taken away and you continue to do it in your promises. Your promises are true. What Satan meant for evil, you mean for good and you're going to get the glory. We declare it this morning in Jesus' name. You restore. You give back what's taken away. The world's going crazy around us, but we declare that Jesus is Lord, that he is the ultimate healer. He's the author, he's the perfecter, the finisher of our faith.
We believe this is the best year to come. Salvations. We're coming, church. Get ready. We love you. We praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in this place said together, amen.
because it's from God. It's from God. So I just want to say thank you to Jesus today for protecting my son. Things can be replaced, but he's home with us. And I thank God. I thank God and I praise him for our testimony today. How many people are glad that while we were yet sinners that he died for us? It doesn't matter where you are, where you've been, God is for you and he loves you. We want to welcome you to Gateway Church. Thank you for uh, joining us on this first Sunday of 2022. If you're a guest, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we have a, um, a guest center right outside in the lobby. We would love, uh, after service, for you to stop by. We have a gift for you, and uh, we would love to uh, just uh, chat with you and let you know how glad that we are that you made it to Gateway Church this Sunday. January 2nd is the start of a brand new year. Uh, when we look back at 2021, uh, for some, it's a, it's a year to remember. For others, it's a year that you would just as soon forget. Some had great victories. Some suffered great losses. Some celebrated the birth of a child. Some mourned the loss of a loved one. But the reality is, is 2021 was no different than any other year. 2021 is no different than years past. And the reason why is because life is full of ups and downs. Life is filled with, with moments of triumph and, and moments of defeat. You could be sitting here this morning and you could be on the top of the mountain right now. Or you could be sitting here and you could be in the lowest, darkest valley that you could ever imagine or think possible. But no matter where you are, you have to ask yourself the question, in this moment, what do I do? In this moment, as I begin to try to navigate this thing that we call life, what am I supposed to do? Well, the first thing is if you've never done this, you have to ask God to be your guide. 
You have to ask him to come into your life and to lead and guide and direct you. But once you've made that decision, it says that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things passed away, all things become new. In other words, he gives you new life. But when we get this new life, when we step into this relationship with him, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to live? Well, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says that the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. And so over the next four weeks, this is going to be the basis of our sermon series, Just Live. That verse in Habakkuk chapter 2, is a, it's a powerful line from a, a minor prophet. But that statement is found four times in the Bible, once in the Old Testament, three times in the New Testament. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to look at how that these four instances of the just shall live by faith can speak to our lives and speak to our hearts. Today, we're going to talk about living with vision. Next week, we're going to talk about living bold. In Romans chapter 1, Paul gives us the context of living a bold life. He allows us to, to know what it's like to live bold and to, to live unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the following week, we're going to talk about Galatians chapter 3 and living guilt-free. So many people live their lives feeling guilty, guilty of their past, guilty of, of even their present. And Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 3 that we don't have to live that way. We can live guilt-free. And then the last week, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to talk about how, what it means to live moving forward. Uh, often we think, well, I can just stay right here. Uh, I just stay stationary. But the reality is, is, is that there's no such thing as being stationary in Christ. You're either moving toward him or you're mo moving away from him. Uh, you can't stay just where you are. And we're going to talk about moving forward. But today, for the next few minutes, we're going to talk about living with vision. We're going to talk about the power of living with vision. You see, it's important that we have vision for our life. It's important that we understand and realize that God created us with and for a purpose. And God wants you to live out this vision for your life. God is passionate about you living with vision. Uh, the Bible tells us that we are called to live with this vision for our future and for our life. Proverbs chapter 29, 18 actually says that without vision, the people perish. Without vision, the people die. Without vision, they wander aimlessly. And it's so important that we have this vision. It's so important because God wants us to live purposely and not aimlessly. He doesn't want us just to, to, to wander around. God went to great detail to make you and to make me unique. Uh, no one's earlobes are the same. No one's retinas are the same. No one's fingerprints are the same. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that he went to great detail to make you unique. He made, went to, to great detail to create you. And I can't think for one second that if he took all of that time to create us, that he doesn't have a real purpose for us. And so as I begin to look at my life and I begin to look at 2022, I simply make this statement. 
and declare it over my own life. I refuse to just exist. I refuse to simply exist. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And when we look at that verse in Ephesians, the word workmanship in the Greek, it actually means masterpiece. Look at the person sitting beside you and tell them, you are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. God went to great detail to make you his masterpiece. And it says that we were created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. God made you for a purpose. And when we read this and begin to understand this, God had works and things for you to do before you were even born. He needed something done and he made you for it. When we first looked at buying this building, uh, we walked in and we were quickly told, hey, there's, there's two options. We're either going to sell this to, to a church or we have another person that's interested in, in buying this building and, and making it storage units. So the first time I walked in, to be honest, I thought it looks like it's already storage units. I mean, there was stuff from, you know, VBS from 1925 that we found. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. But as I began to continue to walk around, I thought, you know what? It's pretty ambitious to think that this could even just be a place to hold other people's junk, much less ever become a church. But as I began to pray about it and I began to, to look at the Holy Spirit started to reveal to me that, that this building was placed here in 1925. And it was placed here not to just hold somebody's junk. It was placed here to be more than, than just storage units. I, I understand that the building is not the church. But I also know that, that this building, this structure is a representation of God's church. And, and I began to realize that it was placed in this community for a reason and for a purpose. It, it had so much more purpose than, than just being a place for stuff. God began to reveal to me its real purpose. God began to reveal to me there is more. There is more than that building just standing there. And when I begin to look at your life and my life, we, I begin to understand and realize that there's more to life than where we are. There's more to life than just simply existing. God wants you to live. God wants you to, to come alive. And you'll never be more alive in your life than when you catch the vision that God has for you. There's more than just making a living. There's more than just getting up every morning and, and going to work and, and then coming home and, and sitting down and watching TV and, and going to bed and then getting up the next morning and going to work and then coming home and sitting down and watching TV and going to bed and getting, you, know, you get what I'm saying? There's more to it. There's more than, than just existing. God created you and he created me to change the community. When this church was built, it was built to change the community. And God has created us to change the community around us. And so when we start talking about vision, what we're actually talking about is an invitation to something that's greater than just existing. Everyone exists. If you're breathing, you exist, but not everyone lives. Having vision is living.
And so you say, Pastor, what do I do? If I want to go from just existing to living, what do I do? Where do I go? What steps do I need to take? Well, the first thing that you need to do is that you have to seek him. We were created to seek God. We were created to worship him. We were created for relationship and fellowship with him. And so when we begin to look at it, we, we have to ask the question. We, we ask ourselves the question, you know, what am I supposed to do after high school? What am I supposed to do for a living? What am I supposed to do in this season of my life? What am I supposed to do about this job? Or what am I supposed to do? And the thing that you should do more than anything else is just simply seek Him. We've had, and I've had people come to me and say, you know, what do you think I should do? And the reason that is, is because it's much easier for someone to tell us what to do than for us to figure it out ourselves. But when that happens, what we're basically doing is, is we're not going to the one who created us to find out what his will is for our life. And so when we just have someone simply tell us what they think we should do, we're bypassing God. When in actuality, we have to go through him. Well, you may be thinking, well, I'm just, I'm retired I'm retired. I'm just going to collect my, my social security check or collect my pension and I'm going to go fishing and I'm going to go anywhere I want to go and do what I want to do and, and I'm just retired. How many people wish you were there? Well, can I tell you that in the kingdom of God, there is no retiring. There is no retiring. It's not about you. We get to a point in our life and we think, well, we just, you know, we can just step back. But God is saying, listen, I created you for a purpose. There is more than just simply existing. There is more to life than just you. And if you're alive, you have a purpose. You have a reason. There's always more. One of our themes around here is, is what's next? What's next? And the reason that is, is because we understand. It's not because we're discontent. A lot of people think when you ask that question, well, you should just be happy where you are. It's not that at all. Well, what it is, is it's us understanding and realizing that we're not just going to exist. We're not just going to be content on where we are because God has a purpose for you and he has a purpose for me. But we have to seek him. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I will stand at my watch and set myself up on a tower and watch to see what he will say to me. I want you to, to really focus on those last two words, to me. The reason that's so important is, is because it's personal. He says, I want to see what he has to say to me. And I want you to know that God has something to say to you personally. You know, God is powerful. There's no doubt about it. But he's more than just powerful. He's also personal. God has something for you personally. He has something for you personally in the next season of your life. He has something distinct for you to do. He wants you to have vision. Matthew chapter 7 verse 8 says, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. 
All of these things require you doing something. It requires something personal because God is a personal God. And that's why we, we pray and we fast. That's why in the middle of this month, we're going to do a 21 day of prayer and fasting. It's, it's a chance for us to become intimate with him. Paul and Barnabas in Acts chapter 13, verse 2. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. You see, fasting is not just a diet. Fasting is a pursuit. It's connected with worship. It's connected with praying. It's connected with reading his word. It becomes a personal relationship with him. It's you saying, I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to seek out the vision for my life. God has designed you for a purpose. And that purpose is for you, first and foremost, to become connected with him personally. Because only what is personal becomes powerful. I've learned that as I've walked with God and I've had people and myself and I've watched other people wrestle with what their next season is. You want to know what's next? Seek Him. It's personal. It's yours. And when it's personal, it will become powerful. We can't just copy someone else. We can't copy someone else and copy each other and just simply try to live that way. We have to live by what God says. Jesus has the power to save everyone, right? Amen? He has the power to save everyone. But you know what? Not everyone will become saved. Why is that? It's because not everyone will make him personable. He's powerful. He has the power to do it. But if you never make it personal, then you never experience what he has for you. The Bible has, no, has power, but not to those who don't make it personal. In, in Matthew chapter 4, we read, where Jesus basically told the Pharisees, this has no power in your life because you, all you care about are your traditions. You haven't made it personal. Listen, I can't be filled with the Spirit for you. I can't lead you like the Spirit can lead you. You have to make it personal. The Holy Spirit is powerful, but He has to become personal. The name of Jesus is powerful, but it ha He has to become personal. In Acts chapter 19, we, we read a story about the sons of Sceva. And in this moment, they were trying to cast out demons. And when they tried this, the demons said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I recognize, but who are you? And the reason that happened is, is because when they were trying to do this, what they said was, we do this in the name of Jesus who Paul proclaims. In other words, they were trying to, to do something powerful by casting out these demons, but they had no relationship with Jesus. So when they looked at, the, looked at this, these demons, they said, we do this in the, the power of Jesus, the, the person that Paul proclaims. They never personalized the name of Jesus. So nothing powerful happened. But when we connect with him, we have that personal relationship with him. I can promise you powerful things will happen, not in, only in your life, but in the lives of those around you, the lives of your family and the people that you love, of your coworkers, but it has to become personal. The second thing you have to do is you have to seek correction. You have to seek it out. Now listen, when, when, we have, when our kids are younger, 
and they do something wrong, uh, they're not going to come to you and ask for correction, but you're going to give it to them, right? You're going to give them correction, whether they want it or not. If you see them going down a wrong path or doing something wrong, I mean, it's going to be, um, I'm on video, it's going to be time out with a wink. But when they get a little bit older, and say they get into their 20s, and, and, and I won't ask if anybody's tried this, but if you've got children that are in their 20s or, or, or older, and you see them going down the wrong path, you might make this mistake once and go to them and say, hey, you're messing up, but you probably won't make it more than once. Because you're going to find out real quick that they didn't ask for your opinion. They didn't ask for your suggestions. They weren't seeking correction. But then there's those times that when they come to you, mom, dad, what, what am I doing wrong? Mom, dad, why, why is this happening? And in that moment, you, you, know, you pull out your list and it's like this long. And then you start going down and just waiting for my opportunity. Why? Because in that moment, you, they're asking for your help. They're asking, hey, how can I do this better? How can, I, how can I make a change here? How can I make a difference? What do I need to do? They're seeking correction. And, and as we follow Christ, we need to seek correction. We may think we have it all figured out, but correction will do two things. It, it will bring preservation, preservation and promotion. It will do two things. It will preserve and it will promote. Pastor, I have a vision for my family, and I think that, that we should be going here, but it's struggling. It's dying. It's in, it's in array. And to you, I say, find out what you're doing wrong. Find out the, the changes that you need to make and, and the adjustments you need to make. Seek it out. You be, could be sitting here and saying, Pastor, everything's going great right now. And to you, I would say, still seek instruction. Because it may be here, but God may want it here. You may think that it's, that it's okay just being right here, but God wants more. He wants to promote it. Jesus said, I, I'll, I bring you fruit, and I'll prune you, and then you're going to bring forth more fruit. A lot of times in our life, we can be our own ceiling to God's vision. Because God wants more for us than we can even see. And he says, if you'll just keep seeking me, and if you'll keep doing the things that you need to do, I'll promote you. But you have to ask. In Habakkuk 2.1, when we read that, we see that, that he's not running from it, but he's going to it. And you may be here in, in your life and you may be struggling. You may say, yeah, I know God brought me my children or God brought me my marriage or, or God brought me my business or God brought me these relationships but you're struggling. To you, I would say, seek correction. You may be here and things may be thriving. To you, I would say, seek instruction. Because not only will it preserve you, but it will promote you. God brings that to our lives. But just because he brings it doesn't mean that you don't have to do anything to keep it or to take it higher. Just because he brings it to you doesn't mean that you just let it be. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24 says, But to those who call, 
but to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Listen, the Bible tells us that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And this is those that seek correction, they seek wisdom. God wants to bring something into our lives, but he wants you to preserve it and he wants you to take it higher. Without correction and without instruction, it won't happen. You might be having problems in, in a relationship and you begin to ask, and you try to figure out what you're doing to cause it. And after you repent of it, you, 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 then you try to get some instruction on how to fix it. There's seasons in our lives that we have to make adjustments. Otherwise, we just keep going in a circle. We're going through a season right now in this church. As leadership, we begin to ask ourselves the question, what can we honestly look at and say, what can we do better? Well, we're doing great things. We're, but we never want to get satisfied. And so we begin to ask ourselves the question, what can we do better? What can we make better? How can we make in changes? And, and, and because we want to go to the place that God has called us to go. If we don't ask those questions, if we never make those adjustments, then we're going to keep going in circles. And there's something about a circle. It just goes around and around, right? If I want to go to that back door back there, but I'd stand up here and walk in circles, guess what? I'm never going to get there. And the same thing's true in our spiritual life. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means that you acknowledge him. And acknowledging him is, is adjusting to him. You see, some people think that God fails. God doesn't fail. We just fail to adjust. We fail to, to look at where and how we need to adjust. When the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. In all your ways, adjust to him. He will give you the vision, but you have to be willing to adjust. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. It says, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Now, we like the third part of that where it says encourage. We all come here and we want, you know, when, when we talk and, and, and I speak, we love the encouraging part. Yes, I want to leave encouraged. But it also says to correct and to rebuke. We don't like that too much. But when I read the Bible, the, 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 for example, it would tell me that I need to live a certain lifestyle. And some people read that and they think, man, that's harsh. No, it's not harsh. It's God trying to preserve you and to promote you. It's God saying, if you do it my way, then you'll be promoted. If you do it my way, then you'll be preserved. If you want to take your anything to the next level, you begin to, to accept and adjust to his ways. Thirdly, you need to define it. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. A couple of weeks ago, I ran across a 2022 planner. And um, so I looked at my wife and I said, what would you do if I brought, bought this planner and I started using it? And her words were, 
I would make sure that I was prayed up and ready to go because I know the world's coming to an end. We've been together 29 years and she knows I do not write anything down. I'm just not that kind of guy. So when she said that, I sort of accepted it as a challenge. And I thought, well, it's cheap enough. I'll make a New Year's resolution and, and I'll probably never use it. I've got it right here with me today. And I can show you that I begin to write stuff down. I can set goals. Anybody ever got one of these? These things are awesome. I started writing things down. And so I decided I would even get a jump on it. I wouldn't just wait till January 1. I even put some stuff in there for December. But I began to realize something. There's something about seeing something in print. It's powerful. And I began to ask myself the question and ask you the question. Have you written down your vision? Have you written down your values? Have you written down your goals? Because when you write something down, you become committed to them. When God gave us the Ten Commandments, Moses went up and he, he received the Ten Commandments. Then he got mad and he broke them. In De Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 1, At that time the Lord said to me, Cut for yourself two tablets of stone, like the first, the first ones you broke, and come up to me on the mountain and make an ark of wood. It was so important that these were written down that he said, Do it again. Why? Because he didn't want it to be something that was just in our mind. He didn't want it to be something abstract. He wanted them to be written down because when you write something down, it defines who you are. It defines what you believe. It defines who you will attract. If you're looking for, for a relationship, you're looking for a spouse, I, I challenge you, get specific. Write it down. Write down the qualities that you're looking for. If you want to give more, set a goal. Write it down. If you want to learn more of the Bible, get on a reading plan. Write it down. Put, when you put, in, put it in writing, you commit to it. Define it. Fourthly, you have to believe for it. You have to believe for it. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. God's word is going to come true. It's going to come true. And the problem is, is that when God, when we get the vision for our life, often we look at it and we think, well, that's way too big. Or we look at it and say, well, God gave me this vision, but it's taking so long. I don't think it'll ever come to pass. But can I tell you that vision is always bigger and it always takes longer than you think. And that your vision, it needs to be bigger than you. Because your vision needs to not speak of yourself, or your ability, your desire, but it needs to speak of God's. And you need to connect to him. Your vision needs to be so big that you look at God and say, God, how can I do this without you? And to that, God will say, you can't. 
When your vision is that big, you're on the right track. Because the Bible says that he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ever think or ask, dream. God wants it to be bigger than you. God wants you to seek him. He wants you to stay connected to him. He wants you to live by faith. You know, a lot of times what happens is we feel that God has spoken something into our life, but then we don't see it. So we become discouraged. And we think, well, maybe that just wasn't God. It's the start of a new year, and if you're like me, every January 1st, I have a resolution that says, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to become healthier. They say that the gyms during the month of January are just packed. You go in January, you can't find a treadmill, you can't find anything, but they always tell you just hang in there because by February, you'll have your pick. Because everybody's done, they've done quit. They've become discouraged and they've given up. You've been there. You know, you, you get on the scale and you, and you look at it and you think, okay, I need to lose weight. And so you quit eating sugar and, and you start going to the gym and, and you start doing all the right things and, and, and you get on the scale and you put on five pounds. And you're sitting there thinking, this is stupid. You're probably thinking, forget it. I give up. I'm going to die fat. Come on, you've been there. Everybody's got to die of something, right? It might as well be of a sugar overload. You become discouraged. But then you talk to someone and say, listen, don't be discouraged because you're doing the right things. And then they tell you this. You may have gained weight because you're losing fat, but you're putting on muscle. Muscle is heavier than fat. And so there's something that's happening in your body that you really can't recognize because all you can see is what the scale says. But your body is being transformed into really what you want it to be. And the same thing happens in our spiritual life. We look at our life and we say, God, I'm doing all the right things. I'm praying. I'm reading the word. I'm coming to church. I'm being part of a community. But that vision that I have for my life, I I don't see it. It feels like that I'm not getting closer to it. You become discouraged. Throw up your hands. I'm done. Why do I need to do all of this when I'm not getting to where I think that I should go? And in that, I want to tell you that if you're doing the right things, then there's a change that's happening in you that you may not even see yet. And that that vision that you're moving toward, you may think that it's never going to come, but, but Habakkuk says, just wait for it because God's word is true. 
And if you do your part, I can promise you, he'll do his. I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. God will not lie. When he's spoken something to us, you say, well, he's never, he's never spoken to me directly. Yes, he has. Right here. These are not just a, a bunch of words in a book. These are his promises. These are what he's spoken into your life. And he's looking at you today and he's saying, keep doing the right things. Keep seeking me. Keep looking for direction, instruction, correction. Define what it is and, and define your vision. And then believe for it. Knowing that if he said it, he'll do it. Don't become discouraged. Don't give up. The just shall live by faith. And so my challenge to you today, as we have almost all of 2022 ahead of us, 51 more Sundays that we'll gather here together. But my challenge to you is, is we need to make it personal. And by, by that, I mean right now you need to look at where you are. Look at where you are on this journey. And then ask God, what's my next step? Do I need to seek him more? Do I need to seek out instruction or correction? Do I need to be more specific about what I'm believing for my life? Or do I just need to believe him more? And whatever it is, whatever step you're on, as we pray, I'm going to ask you to ask God, God, this is what I'm believing and what I want for my life. Be specific. Next week, we're going to talk about being bold. We're going to talk about how that when we go to God, we can go boldly before his throne. But right now, starting out 2022, it can be the best year of your life, but you need a personal intimate relationship with him something more than you've ever had before and it can start right now right here let's pray father i come before you god i'm thankful for your goodness and for your mercy and for your grace god i'm thankful that you created me for a purpose and for a reason God, as we go through 2022, God, I pray that for me personally, that it will be, that I will develop a more intimate relationship with you than I've ever had before. God, if there's anything in my life that, that I need to do different, God, I'm asking you for correction. I'm asking you for guidance. I'm asking you to lead me into all truths. God, there's some specific things and, and vision that you've placed in my life. 
And God, today, God, I write it down. Father, I believe, I believe that your promises are yes and amen. And I believe that if you said it, you're going to do it. I may not be able to see it. It may look like that that it's never going to come to pass. But Father, I stand this morning believing and knowing that if I will live by faith, God, that it will. God, give me the patience to simply wait on you. Never wavering, never doubting, but God, knowing that if you said it, you'll do it. God, I pray for every person that's listening today. God, for those gathered here and those who are are watching online. Father, do something in their lives supernatural. God, allow them to, to make the relationship with you personal so that you can do something powerful. Father, we pray today And we believe, God, you're going to do it. Can we close in this course? Make it personal today. personal today. More time, get that in your spirit. you to go today knowing that he loves you no matter where you are no matter what the situation or what the circumstance he loves you he loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you while you were still a sinner 
And his love doesn't stop just when you step over to follow him. He loves you every day. Even through your mess ups, your mistakes, the grace of God is sufficient. Go today knowing that he has a purpose and a plan for your life. Seek him for it and let 2022 be the best year yet. We love you. We will see you next week. Don't forget, if you're a guest, uh, please stop out in the lobby and allow us just to chat with you for a few minutes and give you a gift. And uh, have a great week.